Leaf Station postgame, Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick alongside me, breaking down a nail-biting Leafs win, Leafs and Senators going back 30 years, these teams are 20 years at least, these teams are always playing interesting games, Gordo, a fun one tonight out in Ottawa. You know, I love seeing those Leaf fans. I love seeing Mitch Marner when he scores, like uh, acknowledging those Leaf fans. And yeah, it was a fun one. Like we've talked about it, Brent. We're looking forward to the playoffs. We don't have to sweat about the playoffs. Leafs will be in the playoffs. So, you know, this playing out the strings, so to speak, we're getting a little bit of everything. We've got some real bad games. We had a great game at home. It was so riveting against Washington. And I like you bring up because there is that rivalry, the Battle of Ontario. Yeah, sounds big, but it's more about those years you're talking about. They, that the Ottawa Senators, and probably the Leafs cost them a Stanley Cup. They they were as good a team as there was in the NHL. What was it for four years? And the Leafs beat them every time. So there's always been that bite, and that bite was out there tonight. And uh, yeah, it had it had everything. And you know, again, we want the Leafs good habits, good habits heading into the playoffs. Lots of good habits tonight, Brent. Yeah, de- definitely. I mean, I look at the way they, they started that game, and I know it's a weird thing to say that I loved the first period, uh, seeing as how they ended it trailing 2 nothing. but they had a ton of jump, and Ottawa got a couple of breaks, and hey, they, they capitalized them. That's what talented teams will do, and Ottawa definitely has some talent, but you know, you look at the Leafs, and they that can be a really frustrating period when you feel you play so well, and it's not even, oh, if we could just get a save. It's, it's literally a couple of bounces don't go your way, and you're, you're you're trailing to nothing, but to the Leafs' credit, they fight back. They don't quit. There's an immediate kind of pushback. I love the way they they kind of find their game in that second period. And you know, we we saw it the other day with Labushkin, and he gets the big goal. When you get a guy like Clifford score, and it's his first of the year, he just had a big fight the other night. You know, they didn't need anything to get them going, seeing as how they were in a 2 nothing hole when he did score. But a guy like Clifford finding the back of the net. Like, there's so much to get to, but teams love it when guys like him score. Yeah, and, you know, we're, the first question everyone's asked is, if you didn't watch the game tonight, did Matthew score, right? And we got a couple of big Leaf wins, and he hasn't scored. <laughs> but the important part, Brent, is we're talking about Leaf wins. We're talking about... Kyle Clifford scoring. And, you know, even in overtime, Timothy Lilligren was out there so early mm-hmm. in the overtime. And, and it's Giordano that scores the goal ultimately. And now there is no three-on-three three three overtime in the playoffs, okay? That's gone. But I, I liked uh, – I, I just like the confidence in the depth, right? That there seemed to be more depth uh, there in the playoffs. It seemed, in the overtime, it seemed like where Matthews a couple times before stayed on a bit too long in other games – but there was a respect about making appropriate changes and, you know, just those kind of little things. But then you go back to Kyle Clifford, 100%. And, and when Labushkin scored the other night, I thought they won the Stanley Cup. I love that, right? <laughs> Second career goal in the NHL, first as a Leaf. So, yeah, all these kind of things. And, and these are the guys that can score that goal that makes a difference, right? Uh, you, you, you score a goal in a playoff game that makes a difference in one playoff game. And that's not what's, that's, that's what has been lacking with the Leafs for whatever number of playoffs it has, it has been with Washington, Boston, Columbus, and Montreal. Yeah, right. I mean, we we've talked about it. Oh, the big line going quiet. The big not, the big guys not putting up the numbers you would expect in the playoffs. But look, you need your best players to be your best players in the playoffs. Of course, of course, of course you do. But you know, I go back to the Lightning last year. Who was the guy who scored the cup winning goal for them? Wasn't Stamkos? Wasn't Kucherov? No, it was Ross Colton who did it. And now, granted, he's he's finding a little more room and he's growing as a player. But that wasn't the guy you'd be sitting there, you know, expecting, circling that that's going to 
to score. That's the guy who's going to score the cup winner for Tampa. And you need depth up and down the lineup. And, you know, Gorge, you mentioned Lilligren getting on the ice so early in three-on-three. Three, and, okay, I guess that doesn't mean anything for the playoffs because, like you said, uh, I, I highly doubt we'll ever see three-on-three. Three. You'd have to have some weird penalty scenarios to see that in a playoff game. But, you know, just a couple of weeks ago when the Leafs, well, I guess it wouldn't have been a couple of weeks ago because he was hurt. But the last time the Leafs were in an overtime game, it was Jake Muzzin getting a lot of run in that spot. And, you know, obviously he's dealing with something. He's battling injuries now. But I really like the move of going to Lilligren early. I like getting Giordano involved. And, okay, maybe it's easy for me to say I like that he gets involved because he scores the winner there. But it just kind of goes to your point about the depth that, that they have here. And, you know, the other thing about three-on-three, and this is totally, I'm just kind of pulling it from the top of my head, but it feels like the Leafs have barely played any of these games this year. And I love it. Not because I don't love three-on-three, but I don't love three-on-three when I watch it three nights a week. I love it when it's a treat. I love it when it's dessert. It's Easter tomorrow. We're all going to eat a ton of chocolate and be gluttonous. That's great sometimes. You don't want to do it all the time, though. So that's the other thing to me that just kind of jumped out about three-on-three. I love it how sparingly the Leafs have had to play it this year. Yeah, you don't don't want it to be 18 of your 82 games. And it's funny, you know, Brent, I'm trying to remember – being an older guy, the era of ties. And then maybe the best, I shouldn't say the best, I don't know what what it was, but then there was that era that you still could tie, right, if you didn't score in mm-hmm. overtime. So, it, you know, it, it didn't mean ties couldn't happen, but if you scored in overtime, it was a win. But I, I'm, I'm with you about every now and then, it's great. It's gimmicky, but I'm fine with it. It's a good gimmicky thing. I don't ever want the NHL to be three-on-three three or four-on-four. <laughs> and... Uh, and and, and 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 again, you, you started with Kyle Clifford. We go to Timothy Lilligren in overtime. Like like we keep just probably you know we're slicing the minutia a little bit too much about you know how do we how do like how do we look at really nothing games for the Toronto Maple Leafs and a nothing game for the Ottawa Senators. Now you got to believe these guys play with pride, and I think both teams really did tonight. They gave us a really good game, but you're trying to say how can the Toronto Maple Leafs be more prepared for the playoffs? which is a very inexact science. So those are the things we're looking at. And again, I can't, like, I can't remember last year because I'm so pissed off about how it ended last year that I'm trying to remember the end of the regular season, and, and, I, and I can't so much. So I'll remember this one, and if it carries on this way, if there's these kind of positives, I'll always have in my head that, okay, the Leafs killed it in the playoffs because they finished the season on a positive note, or... Has as I remember those Leaf Senator series you're talking about, it really yep. didn't matter. And like really, the, the playoffs started; it was a whole different animal. Well, I think I think the good thing about a game like tonight, from that perspective, for the Leafs is that, and you know, this sounds like a bit of a shot, but I don't mean it as one. There's just a lot of guys on the Ottawa Senators that that's their Super Bowl playing the Leafs. You know, Connor Brown, he was open about it. He absolutely loved his time here, and does he love the paycheck he's cashed in Ottawa and the opportunity he's got with the Senators? Of course he does. But he would have loved to have beat the Leafs tonight. You know, you look at Stutzla, a game, a two goal game for a guy like that. Yeah, it matters any time, and there going to talk him up in Ottawa but you do it against the Leafs on Saturday night you nearly get the hat trick in overtime you're more of a topic of conversation than you would be you know Brady Kachuk he gets up for every single game but you see him flying in nearly killing Shalgren at the at the end in three on three not that he tried to hurt him but you know he wouldn't have been too upset if he did did nick him there so it's just that I I think the other thing about it and then third you know one other element to that too is this is a team that can kind of 
to a certain extent, match the Leafs speed-wise. You know, we go back to that Washington game, and the Leafs just kind of skated them out of the rink. And obviously, the Capitals have fast players, some of them that can keep up with the Leafs. But team team depth speed-wise, it, it just felt like the Leafs were able to skate away from that game. And tonight, I didn't think that was the case. And I, I don't think that should surprise us too much with, you know, a ton of young young players in that Ottawa lineup. And I thought that was a good test for them. They got the physical test on Thursday from the Capitals, and tonight it was more of that kind of speed finesse test. Yeah, so I'll go back to Connor Brown. And, you know, funny one, he, he, he probably thought he would be, shouldn't probably, thought he would be with this team. And so does Zach Hyman, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and his dad, Dan, is one of the preeminent minor league coaches like, like in the GTHL. And it's funny, I'll tell you, Brent, I don't tweet a ton. And last year I just tweeted about Mike Riley and how well he was playing in Boston, like like one of the underrated trade deadline pickups, the third round pick they gave up and they got it from Ottawa. Connor Brown retweeted my tweet. I, I, so <laughs> Connor Brown was overseas at that point with that incredible team Canada, right? With Andrew oh, Montiapati, right. he got that goal that they were the last team to get, and they and they won it all. You know, like it was a really neat story. We kind of forget it in COVID world. So so my my point to go back to it is about. Buffalo, Detroit, Ottawa. Like so, down the road, who's going to be the, the the rivals that are knocking on the door to get in the playoffs in the Atlantic Division? And I'm really liking this Ottawa Senators team. I'm really digging them. Like I'm digging like a Connor Brown. I love. I'm like like Brady Kachuk and Tim Stutzla and Batherson and all. You know, like like really, if they can get a goaltender, like I and they think they do, maybe for the future. Like it's really interesting because we kind of thought Steve Eiserman. He knows the um, or secret herbs and spices recipe he did in Tampa Bay, and he appears to be doing in Detroit. But now Detroit, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Like compared to Buffalo or Ottawa, it's going to be interesting. So anyway, I kind of went on a, a, a bit of a veer there, but that's what we do on, on Leafs Nation postgame. But like the, the old Ottawa-Toronto rivalries of two teams that will be in the playoffs, will that come back next year, two years down the road? I don't know. Like I'm really liking what I'm seeing. Yeah, it's so funny because you you and I have been kind of keeping tabs on this. There's the there's the Atlantic Division standings, and that's who's going to get into the playoffs in the Atlantic Division. And then there's like the three years from now Atlantic Division standings. And which one of those teams is it going to be? Buffalo? Is it going to be Detroit? Is it going to be Ottawa? That pushes somebody, nudges somebody out of a playoff spot. Is it Boston? Is it Tampa? Is it the Leafs? Who knows how long Florida is, what Florida is. And I, I've kind of changed my mind on all three of those teams throughout the year. You know, Ottawa, I've been kind of down on, but they look like they do tonight without Shabbat and, you know, Kachuk. And you, you, how can you not kind of like him uh, as a player there? But yeah, it is It is kind of funny. It's going to be really, really interesting to kind of watch that that race in the Atlantic Division for who can kind of catch the, the cream of the crop there. Uh, obviously, Obviously, you know, you hope uh, you catch some aging teams in, in Tampa and Boston, but obviously easier to knock those those guys out than not. And, you know, it's it's funny, right? We talk about Connor Brown and how important it is to have those depth guys. And he was that guy here for so long, but it just kind of and, you know, I don't I know they don't find the score sheet tonight, but it's just, well, that's Celia Mikheyev. That's why Connor Brown is no longer here. Now, he's not here because of, you know, the the trade that had to happen to get Zaitsev out and all of these other things. But it's just those are the types of guys you have to be able to replace and you have have to be able to replicate you know looking looking up we've we've talked a lot about the, the Leafs tonight and 
we barely talked about the top line. And I know it's a little tiresome because we do it every night, Gord. They became the second highest scoring line in Leafs history tonight. It's just the McDonald line that they're they're behind now. I saw them flash that stat up on the broadcast. I was I, I, I can't say I was shocked because this line's been so good, but you know, this franchise has been around forever. And when you're when you're knocking on the door potentially of becoming the highest scoring line in the in the team's history, it's just kind of another check mark for how dominant that trio has been. Okay, let me ask you a question. And this is what this is going to like morph into. I agree with you totally. Um, and we can go back about lines, 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 yeah, original yeah. six, 12, 21, whatever. So, what was Matt Sundin's best line? Well, it's funny because every time you ask me who Matt Sundin played with, I always just make a Jonas Hoagland joke. And that's probably okay. not fair to him. That's the thing, right? Yeah, so the point being is lines seem to be. Like Scotty Bowman did that. There's no lines, right? Mm-hmm. The, there was the crazy eights in Philadelphia and whatever. But like, like it's, it seems to be twosomes and interchange a third person. So I'm really liking this. I'm really digging that they're sticking. I know digging's not a cool word anymore. But anyway, I think, I think, I think they're bringing it backward, honestly. Okay, but about keeping this line together and as a line. Because, yeah, they're, they're like, like lines haven't been the thing the last while. And Michael Bunting is the... You know, he's the Jack Campbell this year in that he's got that next year. You don't have to worry about him and, yeah. you know, a, a contract wise. Right. And, and, and he'll, he'll get paid. And, and first of all, hey, you're making seven figures. I don't feel sorry for anybody. He's getting a great chance here. And hopefully he has a great career because there, there were so many wingers that played with uh, Wayne Gretzky and Yari Curry that, you know, OK, they, they thought they thought that's what they were. But then they found out they're playing with Wayne Gretzky and Yari Curry. So <laughs> anyway, the, I, I, you're, you're right about this. And, and I've really reversed my thought before about breaking up the line. Put Martyr with Tavares again that, no, you, you got as good a line as you have in the NHL. And the fact that he put Nylander with the third line or not the third line. Well, I guess it is the third line. You know, at times like shows there's other ways to go about it. You got Mikheyev just killing it, and you, you got a lot of things going. I, I I really really like it, but I love like this line is magical. Like this line, like that's what sports about, right, Brent? Like mm-hmm. like 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 Vladdy today. Like watching Vladdy, like you know Vladdy Guerrero with the Jays. I know you knew who I was talking about, but I mean, it's just like and he's like the stuff he does in the dugout works. Mm-hmm. Like he's fun. Like it's fun. Like it's not it's not contrived, you know. And it's really cool. And we got Vladdy. And we had Kawhi for one year, and you know, and 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 now we have Scotty, and you know, whatever. Just all these different personalities that seem to really want to be here, right? And 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 that and that's really special. That's really special. And and that line, and and let's get Bunting full marks. And you always have from the word go. And I always kind of kid you about it, but I think I, you know, I kid that he's related to you and that. But I, <laughs> but I, I give you credit for, like that was supposed to be Nick Ritchie. That mm-hmm. was Nick Ritchie's spot, and Nick Ritchie whatever it didn't happen so it's it's not easy it's not automatic you know it's like Mark, it's, not, it's like bunting's there and it's like no it's not like he really you know figured out a certain niche to be the zach hyman let's say the zach hyman of that line well i think i think honestly the most impressive part about it at this point in time is that michael bunting's exceeded expectations you know i remember paul bissonette coming in and you're gonna love him Everyone else is going to hate him, and you're going to love him, and he loves to dig in the corners. And I'm going, all right, that's great. I'll take zero points from a player who who does that if they're going to do that in the bottom six. And, you know, we all saw a world where, yeah, he's getting some looks up top. 
I don't think we saw a world where he is a fixture on the top line in hockey and he's putting up 60 points. The guy's making 900K this year and next. Great job there. Uh, as you mentioned, having, having the contract security. It's just we all had some expectations for this player. I probably had the most, and even I am blown away by what he's been able to give you. And I figured there would have been a stretch where it went cold and the easiest thing in the world to do was say, all right, Ilya Mikheyev or whoever, you're going to go up on that line with Martyr and Matthews now. But he's done just enough to kind of hold on to it. And the fact that he wasn't promised that spot, it was Richie's from, from the jump. So, yeah, full marks to him. And, man, 60 points on the year. I, uh, I, I had high expectations for him, but nothing, nothing like that. Uh, we talk about, talk about bunting there. Got to talk about Marner as well. Uh, you, you talk about Vladdy and the fun vibe, and some guys just have that. Now, the problem with being the fun go- vibe guy and the happy-go-lucky guy is when things aren't going well, nobody wants that guy. But when you're spearheading a comeback on the road against your provincial rival and you're doing finger guns to celebrate like Marner was tonight, and then he gets another goal in the third period there, going to the net and being greasy, how, how can you not love that? And again, Gord, I'll set you up here. You always bring it up. The Marner hate. He gets dumped on in the playoffs. Go do that, and there will be none of it. Okay, okay, okay. You, you've set me up to get enraged, and you know that. There's, it's not <laughs> like, and, and I'm pissed off about this, that they're saying it's the Marner hate. Like this, like like people that believe that, because I, I got an argument with Kiprios about that, and he's plugged in the Marner camp pretty well, okay? So we know that, right? Mm-hmm. And he talks about when Marner gloved the puck, and I go, Kipper, people are pissed off about the series. I don't remember the minutia about every single play against that Montreal series. So, again, and if it's coming from the Marner cap that they're doing the woe is me, then I'm annoyed about that. I don't know if that, I don't believe it is. I don't know that to be because, no, understand it's like it was understandable about the team. So, anyway, point being is he's having his best point season ever, you know, and heading in the playoffs and, who would not want Mitch Marner on your team? Like that's absurd. Like it's it's just an absurd thing. Have you ever? Do you ever hear him get booed? No, can't no, say. I don't I have. Get booed. So, so who's on him? Who's on him? <laughs> like you know, like the idiots in the basement that tweet and say stupid things after the playoff loss, and you respond to that. Like we're taught that in one hundred and one. Don't get drawn into that. So anyway, I, I, I awesome today. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I like the fun. I think he's got to be more like Austin. I, th- I I I think Mitch still in his mind has a he's 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 not a natural like Vladdy or Austin about having fun. Like just let it go. Like Austin's I really developed kind of a neat personality post game. We've talked about it many times, right? Uh, doesn't mean hey, there's a lot of guys with great personalities that are crap players and they'll go to the American <laughs> Hockey League, okay? But I just mean like. Like, like you're not, you like, I'm sorry. Like, like I got, I got to think there's something from the Marner camp that this whole thing about Mitch being bleeped on is still is out there. And it's like, it's, it's not, it's not. If, if, if someone close to him or someone's saying that on his behalf, then you are playing the woe is me card and drop the woe is me card. You got a young son. That's the first thing you tell your kids eventually, you know, do, do, do like stop the woe is me crap. Okay. Whatever it may be. Just make whatever may be uh, a, a better setup for yourselves. Oh, I, I tell him to stop the whining all the time, and him is my son, Gordon. He's, he's yeah, no, he's way too young. Okay, at this particular <laughs> point, he owns you. He owns you right now. He's not even two years old. 
We, uh, we, we were just talking about him, so I'll give him a little love here. Uh, he was not a uh, Maple Leaf legend, not a Bruin legend, uh, not an Anaheim Duck legend, but fast becoming an Arizona Coyotes legend, Nick Ritchie, with another goal tonight. Nine goals in 23 games as a Coyote. So, hey, didn't work out here. The Leafs were able to get Labushkin for him, uh, so happy he's able to find his footy there. But I just saw him score a goal in front of me and uh, saunter off to the bench. So I, uh, I figured I'd plug that in here because, man, we were just dumping on him. So it's amazing how situations, uh, some work for players and, and some don't. Uh, good on Ritchie kind of finding his footing uh, with, the, okay. with the Yotes. Important line there. We're not dumping on him. We're dumping on how he played in Toronto. Yes. That's where people start talking stay, personal. So, good, like, we're happy for him. Who, who, like, who would not be happy for him? Good for him. But the other point is, Brent, like, I want to find out this bunting thing. Like, what did, <laughs> what, what did Arizona offer him? Like, like, like you, know, you know, like, did he not get an offer? Are they idiots? They've done a lot of good things, I believe. But seriously, he's a guy... You look at his stats in Arizona, you go, wait a sec, this guy is scoring at like at a 35-goal pace in a very a very small, small, small model, but a small number of games. But And did they, like the guy signs for this with the Toronto Maple Leafs? Now, maybe they offered him that or something more, and he went with the Leafs, in which case I say, man, you are, you're incredibly smart, Mr. Bunting. Like, that, that, like that's a way better opportunity. But I'm very curious about that. And, and it goes back to good on you, Nick Ritchie. If you do well, that's great. It did not work out here. Yeah, the uh, I'm trying to remember where I heard it. He did do an interview uh, with one of the wonderful shows on, on Sportsnet 590 of the Fan. Bunting did, and he didn't get into what the Coyotes offered, but he said the second year on the deal was his idea. And man, uh, you you and the, look, it's not luck. Kyle Dubas negotiated the deal. Kyle Dubas uh, counting his lucky stars that Michael Bunting is locked up for 900k next year. And yeah, if you're the Coyotes, I know money's an issue, but you couldn't get to a million. You couldn't get to a million one or, or something like that. It uh, it Truly boggles my mind. Uh, Gord, we didn't have to talk about goaltending tonight. Given the way the season's gone, I think that's a really good thing. Eric Schalgren is kind of what your third to fourth goalie uh, should look like. Uh, wasn't his fault. He didn't stand on his head. Made some big stops. And uh, it wasn't the story of the game. And I think in Leafs land right now, it's got to be the best news going. Well, he's your third and fourth goalie that is going to be your second goalie. But, you know, mm-hmm. really a lot of teams are in trouble if their number one goaltender gets hurt in the playoffs. And, yeah, and, and I also think, Brent, I'll cut, I'll cut both guys. Even though there's a lot of goals scored in this game, there are a lot of scoring chances as well. Mm-hmm. But but the the Schalgren of the first two games that you thought, oh, my God, is this guy coming up and being the new Matt Murray or something? That's No, no, that's not what he is right now. And, again, I just I, – I assume Jack Campbell's going to start tomorrow. But I, um, I, I just continue to be worried about his – Health. I, I hate being worried about his health. But anyway, that's for another day. We're, we're going to be on the air tomorrow. We have the game. We'll be down at Scotiabank Arena. Uh, kind of a weird one because it was supposed to be on Long Island. And then these are there were two games they were able to flip during the whole COVID thing. One Detroit game that was supposed to be a home game. They went on the road and Red Wings will play later on here. And this other game. So we're going to celebrate Easter together, Brent. Happy Easter. Happy Easter, Gord. Can't wait. As you mentioned, the game will be on Sportsnet 590, the fan. It'll be the Leafs' last back-to-back of the year. Well, I mean, I'm sure playoffs, if they get deep enough in them, they'll have one there. But we'll worry about that when we get there. Gordo, always tons of fun doing these post-game shows with you tonight. Yeah, we'll share turkey tomorrow, but our shows are never a turkey. How about that, Brent? Cool. Big slogan. Big slogan.
There it is. There it is. Brent Gunning and Gord Stelic. Leafs Nation postgame here on Sportsnet 590. The fan. Leafs walking away with a pair of points. 5-4 winners on the road in Ottawa. The back-to-back wraps up Sunday at home. Scotiabank Arena for a date with the Islanders. For Gord Stelic, I'm Brent Gunning. Thanks so much for listening to Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590. The fan.